Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset for uh, and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, our Ute insider, Frank Dolce. What's up, Frank? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, Jake, I hope you're feeling better. You you sound like you're still struggling with a little something. I'm I'm battling. Yes, I'm battling, but I I'm feeling a little better than I did yesterday. So I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. That's you nice know. Doing the doing the show, Frank, outside the way we did yesterday probably didn't help yeah. your uh, your condition. No, but hey, we got through it and it was fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we had a you have to we had a battle good time. through. <laughs> uh, Frank, uh, curious, what'd you think about where Utah sprung up in the college football playoff rankings at number seven? Um. Well, so you know, so there's still work to do for Utah. So. But I think they'll get their. I, I think they'll get their work done. Like it's more likely to me that Utah does what they need to do to put themselves in a position to be considered for the for the playoff than it is that the teams above Utah do something that will allow Utah to leapfrog and jump in there without doing their stuff. You know, does, does that make any sense? So I just, and, and the way that the committee has it set up right now, it's like, if okay, if these teams win, then, well, Utah was number seven, so they're not going to, you know. It, it just seems like it's as much as there can be a fix in something, it feels like that's the case. I, I, I said this last week after Tua's unfortunate injury that that probably helped Utah because I don't think a Tua less – Alabama is as compelling as a Utah team with the way Tyler Huntley's playing and with the Zach Moss and with the defense that is just really, really good. Uh, or even as compelling as an Oregon team with Justin Herbert and pretty good running game and, and all of the allure that goes along with being Oregon. So, but I just, it just doesn't feel like the committee has has given Utah a, a chance, some drastic things would have to happen. So, and if other things happen, like if Georgia, if Georgia wins out, Georgia's in. And if LSU only takes one loss, LSU's still in. And Ohio State wins out, which they should, they're in. Clemson wins out, which they should, then they're in. So, you know, what do you what do you do with that? And and then if if um, Auburn, I mean Auburn would have to beat Alabama, and Georgia lost to you. Georgia loses to LSU, and then Al, so Alabama has one loss, and they're in. And Georgia would have two losses in that scenario. They're in. I mean, it's just it just doesn't feel like lots of things would have to happen in Utah's favor, and I don't. I don't know. It doesn't feel as much like that's going to happen. Although I am more optimistic this week than I was a few weeks ago about the playoff. I don't know. Do you think everything you're talking about, is it uh, sort of a disrespect for Utah? Is it a disrespect for the Pac-12? Uh, what do you think is going on? Yeah, it's, it's the Pac-12. It's it's the Pac-12. Like Because it's easy for those guys to say, Oh well, the Pac-12 is terrible. You know, the Pac-12 is there's no parity in the Pac-12. It's just a bunch of 
bot- teams on the bottom and two teams that are pretty good on top and, and they don't play anybody and they haven't beaten the top 10, top 25. You know, they, there's lots of arguments against the Pac-12. I think you could make the same arguments about the ACC and maybe even you could make some of those arguments about the Big 12. But the problem is that Clemson playing in the ACC has won a national title. They've given the shot. And so the, so the soft schedule argument, they have that in their back pocket. Well, yeah, maybe we play a soft schedule, but we won a national championship and we beat Alabama. So, I mean, what are you going to say about that? And we have the same starting quarterback who beat Alabama. So tell, tell us how you're going to take us out of this. How are you going to make an argument against that? The ACC is worse than the Pac-12. It is, it's but not, they're undefeated. It's yeah. not great, but they're undefeated. But Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and, uh, and 12.80 The Zone. Frank, Gordon asked me today a question, uh, you know, hypothetical. What if Andy Ludwig were the offensive coordinator last year? Let me kind of reverse that a little bit and ask you, would this Utah offense be doing what it's doing if Troy Taylor were the coordinator this year? I don't believe so. I think the the missing link on the offensive side for Utah. Because tell me what's changed. What's changed about the Utah offense in terms of personnel? So the the the, the missing piece was the coordinator piece. I mean, I think that you could make that that's a, a that's a more than a reasonable statement. The missing piece was the coordinator based on what Utah's doing this week this year. Troy Taylor had Tyler Huntley for a couple of years. Tyler Huntley didn't necessarily improve over a couple of years. He had a full three or four game stretch last year when play calling changed, when all of a sudden Utah decided that they were going to be based in the run game out of the off- out of the running back position, not the quarterback position, out of the running back position, and then and then uh, cr- create a passing a play action passing attack off of that running game, and and in that scenario, Tyler Huntley was was doing pretty much what he's doing now: super high completion percentage, super high efficiency, great running game, and, and Utah was playing really well defensively again. So. The one piece that changed in all in all of this is is the offensive coordinator. Frank, if you were the starting quarterback of an opposing team, how do you think you would do against this defense? Well, uh, first of all, I I would hope that uh, we could manufacture some sort of running game. It would be one of those things like it, you'd say, okay, because you never go into a game, you know, as a, as a competitor, you never go into a game and think, oh, man, this is you, – you always think, well, we're going to figure out how to win this game. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. We're going to figure out how to win this game. But it would, always, it would have to be a lot of like, okay, if we run the ball really well and if we force – Utah to make, you know, to, to focus on the run game. And if we have uh, play action pass game going, and um, if we have a good matchup with some of our, you know, wide receivers, tight ends on some of their defensive backs, 
And if we get a few turnovers, then we have a really good shot at winning this game. So you look at you look across that defense and you just say, well, they're they're gonna they're take they take away the run game. Okay, so you have to check that take that out. So maybe our play action pass isn't gonna be as good because you know, and the the run game is no good because we can't do anything in the run game. And then we're going to be forced to go away from our run game. That's what's happened, by the way, in the past couple of weeks. Washington and UCLA, in my estimation, abandoned their run game early. In a, in a run game that was – and, and the, the running game numbers look bad because their overall productivity is low. But in, in yards per carry, they were still pretty productive. I mean, Washington was still averaging 3.6 yards per carry. That's a first down every three carries. But they abandoned the run game. Uh, Ahmed didn't get as many carries because Washington all of a sudden felt like, well, we're going to have to throw the ball to, to stay in the game or whatever. And then the throwing game, you know, blew up too. They threw the couple picks. So, and, and, and I thought UCLA did the same thing. Like, they're, they were still productive in the run game, but they they were forced to abandon it. And I think that's what Utah makes offenses do, is they force them off of their game plan um, because of their athleticism and execution. So I don't know how I perform against I, – I think my, my overall feeling would be, am I going to get out of this one alive? Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Frank uh... – well, uh, looking for your comment on the career arc of Khalil Tate, you know, stormed onto the scene, and there seems like since that first year that he got a chance to play, there's been more downs than there have been ups. I thought that Khalil Tate was going to be that, uh, like a special talent. I still think he's a special talent. But I think, you know, the – all of the things that have surrounded him have, have really worked against him, and not, not the least of which is some, some injury issues. I was hopeful that Kevin Sumlin was going to solidify that Arizona program. In fact, way back when Kevin Sumlin was hired, was that three years ago, way back when, I, I thought, well, my goodness, uh, Arizona is just going to be – they're just going to take a step forward now. That was a terrific hire. That's what, that's what I thought. We all, maybe all of us thought, Herm Edwards is going to be a disaster. Kevin Sumlin's going to solidify Arizona. And it, I, I think it's, it's relatively clear at this point that that hasn't occurred. And all of that, all of the issues surrounding that, it, coaching, Offensive staff, uh, personnel, and, and maybe it's, you could put it mostly back on, on coaching have really hurt his career. And in that situation, like you would think that Arizona would be able to rely on a run game with J.J. Taylor. I think he's fantastic. But for some reason, they don't necessarily rely on the run game with J.J. Taylor. And that puts now that puts Khalil Tate in a scenario where he feels like he has to make all the plays. And that's not the best position to be in. Look, I mean, that, that happened to Tyler Huntley this year at, at USC. All of a sudden he reverted back a little bit 
and he felt like he had to make all the plays because he couldn't, he didn't, maybe not couldn't, but he didn't trust what was going around, going on around him offensively. And, and so when you're in that situation playing out of desperation, it's you rarely play your best kind of football. So I still think Khalil Tate is, is supremely talented. Um, and I, the same with, with Taylor. And, but I think all of the, all of the noise around him and around those guys have really conspired against them and, and taken what could have been much more productive careers and dampened, dampened those careers. So, Frank, we asked you earlier about the playoff and the huge chances. What do you think is the most likely scenario? What are you expecting to have happen? Do the Utes beat Oregon and then go to the Rose Bowl? What, is, is that what you think is going to happen? Well, here's what I would say with some certainty. I never, I, I never like to do the, well, this is, you know, is going to happen. But, but here's what I, I feel with some certainty, that Utah will put themselves in, in the championship game. So, okay, there, there's, there's one thing. You, the only way Utah doesn't, in my mind, the only way Utah doesn't get in a championship game is if they start doing a lot of things they haven't done all year long outside of the USC game, and that would be, you know, lots of penalties and lots of dumb mistakes and lots of missed tackles and lots of turnovers, lack of execution. So, it, it's, to me, it's all on Utah's shoulder, shoulders, win, win or loss the next couple of games. Um, and so I think they should get through. Oh, and, and you know, the, the always, the, the, you know, the injury thing. If key injuries occur, then, then that could damage Utah's chances, although I still think Utah's pretty talented versus the, the next couple teams. So they should put themselves in the championship game. Now, the, the championship game, uh, I think Oregon's playing really, really well, and Oregon has, throughout the year, been not only good on the offensive side because we always look at the offense with with Herbert and and just being Oregon we think oh yeah it's going to be a high powered offense they've been good good running game Herbert's been very productive they are beatable I think Oregon's beatable we've seen glimpses of that throughout the year the other thing we don't necessarily count on with Oregon and the thing they've done and I think Cristobal does well is he's brought a defense too so you have to you have to consider that this is Utah matching up with Oregon would be by far are the best defensive team they've faced all year long. No question about it. So uh, so I think that's something to consider as well. It's, it's much more challenging for a quarterback and, and for an offense to get on track when defensive players are disruptive at the line of scrimmage. And I think Oregon has that potential. All, all of that said, uh, I think I still feel like Utah has the advantage, and I think Utah comes out in that game against Oregon. Uh, and then you're going to have to have in in you know everybody above Utah is going to weird things are going to happen. Well, maybe not such weird things, but something's going to have to happen, and a committee member or somebody's going to have to make the case for Utah. So. LSU should goes through. I think for Utah, that's the best case scenario. The LSU goes through because then Georgia takes two losses and you take Georgia out of the mix. Uh, Clemson, if Clemson takes a loss, I still don't think that's an advantage for Utah. They're, they're still going to, I still think they go through. Maybe, maybe not. Ohio State, um, maybe, maybe they take a, 
maybe I, I don't think they take a loss. They're they're going to get through. So now, who do you who do you have left that Utah has to con- contend with if they take care of business? Alabama. So it, it and Alabama's sitting at five right now. If Alab- so that's going to be the big thing. Is Alabama going to beat Auburn? So. And, and not take a second loss. If Alabama goes through and doesn't take a second loss, I think the committee puts Alabama in. They try and make up a story about, hey, look at Alabama. They played LSU so close. They've won big games with their backup quarterback, and so they, they have to go in. Um, if Auburn beats Alabama, LSU goes through, Clemson goes through, OSU, Ohio State goes through. I think that's the best case scenario for Utah getting in. Frank, as always, we appreciate your uh, insight to getting ready for this upcoming game. Thanks, man. Hey, did that analysis choke you up? Like it was so compelling that you got a little... (laughs) A little bit. A little little bit. I I got uh, emotional. Uh, and right. you just, I mean, Frank, you just wow me each and every week. <laughs> that's, well, you know, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And, and, and by the way, that's a pretty low standard because you haven't said many nice things to me. So. <laughs> wow. I, th- I thought I was being genuine I know, I nice. Just had you got a little that. emotional over your analysis. I'm sorry, Jake. I had to, <laughs> Thanks, I had Frank. to do that. <laughs> All right, you guys. I appreciate uh, you having me on. I expect it at this point. Thanks, buddy. All right, Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider, with us here on The Big Show.